0: Hundred dollars plus mileage, the podcast about the New Hampshire policymaking process, covering everything from tiny house regulations to weather experiments. Each week we highlight one of the roughly 1,000 bills, making it way through the New Hampshire legislature, give you the unbiased facts, pros and cons, and tell you about how to get involved. The New Hampshire legislative session runs from January through June, and since we follow our activity, we're going to be taking a summer break just like they do. That means this is officially the season one finale of $100 plus mileage. Can we insert party sounds here? I, I should have brought a kazoo. <laughs> I'm Anna Brown, Director of Research and Analysis for Citizens Count.
1: And I am Mike Dunbar, Content Editor for Citizens Count. And Anna, we've talked about dozens of bills this season. Before we move on, I think we should give our listeners an update on what happened to all those bills.
0: Yes. A few have already been signed into law. So HB 70, allowing microblading without a tattoo license. You may remember mm-hmm. our episode about very wonky, Learned terrifyingly semi-permanent eyebrows. HB 626, allowing historic horse racing. And HB 128, requiring public input before weather experiments. That's
1: right. Yeah. So s- several others passed both the House and Senate and are just waiting on Governor's new, new signature or veto. So those are HB 195, which is for adding legal protection for displaying a firearm, SB 137, freezing the tipped minimum wage, SB 126, updating the fair housing law, for example, to mention blockbusting by name, and HB 236, extending the statute of limitation on PFAS lawsuits. So, of course, if you have any opinion on any of those bills, you can contact Governor Sununu and let him know what you think he should do. Should he sign the bill or should he veto it?
0: Most of the remaining bills were killed either because the House failed to act on them before deadline or they got voted down in the Senate or the House and Senate couldn't agree on a final version. So our bill obituary list includes HB 588 requiring towns to allow tiny houses. I know some people are sad about that because that has been, I think, I'll have to double check, but I think our most popular yeah, episode today. Yeah. It was a hot, hot one.
1: topic.
0: HB 296 criminalizing cyber flashing. HB 499 banning Facial recognition technology without a search warrant. HB 467, setting higher property tax rates for private hunting preserves with invasive species, a.k.a. Corbin Park, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. we talked about elks bugling and, and escaped wild boar. And anyway, HB 202, banning specific forms of lunch shaming. HB 177 banning landfills within two miles of state parks. They did try to resurrect that one a couple times, but it's ultimately dead. HB 350 allowing home growing of medical marijuana. SB 114 adding de-escalation and implicit bias training for police to state law. And there were several bills that allowed early processing of absentee ballots. Well, some of those bills are technically still in survival mode, whether they're on their way to Sununu or whatever. um, The Any language about early processing of absentee ballots got axed, so that proposal is dead for this year. Before we move on, I want to address something we've gotten several emails about at Citizens Count. If you go to the official legislative website, gencourt.state.newhampshire.us, you will notice a fair number of bills in the House have a status of, quote-unquote, miscellaneous. And so we've had people emailing, what the heck does that mean? And the short answer is, well, it's a catch-all for just kind of unusual status. And this year, though, it's really because the House of Representatives failed to vote on a lot of bills before their deadline. Basically, the House sets their own dates and says, all right, Any bill introduced in the House needs to get a vote by X date. So, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, the House wasn't meeting as often this year. They just had a few voting days meeting in person at the Bedford Sportsplex. So, they basically just ran out of time to vote on a lot of those bills. So, they're dead due to inactivity, but they show that miscellaneous status on the GenCourt website. So, we'll have to pay attention next year to see if this trend continues, because usually it's really unusual for the House to have that many bills that just don't get a vote.
1: Right, and uh, we have three podcast bills that left that aren't exactly alive or dead. They've been, quote-unquote, retained in committee in the House or referred to committee in the Senate. And this means that committee members can work on the bills this summer and fall. So the House and Senate can take up bills for a vote uh, right away next year in January. So those bills are HB 416, uh, Hobby Distilling. We all know and love that one. Uh, HB 125, Limiting the Distribution of Post-Arrest Photos. And HB 116, the bill we talked about last week, Regulating Delivery Robots.
0: Yes, the robot takeover. Yes. So <laughs> I've always enjoyed the bill status of quote-unquote retained in committee because in reality it can mean a few different things, mm. really. So yes, technically a bill retained in committee gets work over the summer and fall, then re-emerges in the new year as a better product, and sometimes a, like a really big flagship bill, they'll really work on it. But also sometimes this status is used to make way for an alternative bill on the same topic, or it's really just a polite way to eventually kill the bill.
1: Right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll, we'll work on it over the summer. How's that? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so how many bills are retained in committee right now, Anna?
0: Dozens, which makes it sounds like the legislature will be crazy this summer uh-huh. and having all sorts of meetings, but that's not really the case. You yeah. know, like we said, a lot of these are just kind of going to slide away. So however, for policy wonks out there like us, we're going to be keeping an eye on the committee hearings over the summer and fall.
1: Right. All right. So this podcast is all about bringing those lesser known bills into the light. Let's talk about some of the more notable bills retained in committee now that the legislature is on its summer break.
0: First off, we have a big debate that was notably absent from this year's legislative session. Marijuana legalization, a perennial issue not going away anytime soon. So there are two legalization bills retained in the House Criminal Justice and Public Safety Committee. HB 237 would legalize and tax marijuana for adults over age 21. HB 629 would legalize possession of small amounts and would allow home growing, but you couldn't sell it. There wouldn't Mm -hmm. be these marijuana businesses in New Hampshire. There is a third bill, HB 526, that would just lessen the penalties for personal possession, but it wouldn't full-on legalize.
1: Right, and you can definitely count on marijuana legalization being a big debate no matter what. I mean, every... Marijuana legalization hearing I've witnessed has hundreds of people show up, so it's a huge issue, certainly not a lesser known.
0: No. And they'll last for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. That being said, the bills face an uphill battle so long as Governor Sununu is in office because he opposes marijuana legalization. And so the House and Senate would have to get a full two thirds to override any veto. And we know that's really difficult, especially on contentious issues. That being said, public polls are showing heavy support. So who knows? Maybe the next few months will be a surprise. After everything that has happened last year, I am much more open to outlandish events.
1: And speaking of last year, a lot of Republican representatives are still focused on election security after the 2020 election, there are over a dozen bills retained in the House Election Law Committee covering everything from ID requirements for absentee ballots to post-election ballot inspections.
0: For what it's worth, there were also proposals from the Democratic side of the aisle to expand the option of absentee voting, open voter registration through the DMV, and so on. But Republicans pretty much killed all those proposals without working on them very long in committee.
1: Yeah, so given the volume of bills retained, uh, related to voting rather, it's hard to predict which bills in the election law committee might move forward next year. But it seems that some voting restrictions will end up in play.
0: There is an issue closely related to voting relates as well, and that's redistricting. Political walks like you and me know that every 10 years, the New Hampshire legislature uses the latest U.S. census data to redraw our electoral districts. This year, COVID-19 delayed the census data, so all of the redistricting bills are retained in committee until that data is available.
1: So New Hampshire GOP Chairman Steve Stepanek said Republicans will redraw districts to favor their party, particularly in the first congressional district. With Republicans controlling the state, House, Senate, and Governor's office, they certainly have the power to group towns in their favor. But redistricting bills still have to go through the same legislative process as other bills, so expect a lot of public comment and debate starting this fall on that.
0: Side note, there were several proposals to revise the redistricting process, for example, by establishing an independent redistricting commission. The Republican majority also killed those bills, arguing that the elected legislature was best suited to represent voters' interests drawing districts rather than appointees on a commission. And we could do a whole episode about the redistricting debate, and maybe we will in the fall.
1: Yeah, and redistricting lasts for 10 years, so it definitely could have a huge impact on who is most successful in future
0: elections. Okay, enough with the political wonking and elections. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about a couple bills with a much narrower focus. This year, the Senate passed two bills that could require employers to accommodate pregnant and nursing employees. The House Commerce and Consumer Affairs Committee retained both of those bills, SB 68 and SB 69. The Senate pushed to get those bills over the finish line by adding them as amendment to a whole different bill, HB 610, but representatives refused that change, arguing that the bills needed more working committee. So here we are.
1: And uh, these two bills are interesting because Governor Sununu has – Backed similar legislation in the past. So you have a situation where it seems like there's a lot of bipartisan support, but it just can't get over the finish line.
0: Right. So proponents of SB 68 and SB 69 argue that women need this protection and support to return to work, which is critical right now, especially in light of New Hampshire's workforce shortage. And without getting into all the whys and hows, we know that a lot of women left the workforce during COVID-19 shutdowns, and these bills could encourage some women to jump back in.
1: Opponents point out that the Human Rights Commission already works to prevent discrimination against pregnant and lactating employees and argue these bills could burden employers.
0: All right. Marijuana legalization, voting rights, redistricting, pregnancy in the workplace. That's just a sample of what will be considered in committees over the next few months.
1: And let's not forget the other podcast bills retained in committee like the bill to allow hobby distilling.
0: Yeah, we we cannot forget our moonshiners. Citizens Count will keep tabs on these bills. So follow us on social media if you're interested in updates.
1: All right, with a heavy heart, it's time for our season one finale segment of Only in New Hampshire. All right, pressure's on, Anna. What have you got for us?
0: I will fully admit I spent way too much time trying to choose w- what we should have for our last mm-hmm. Only in New Hampshire. I considered the State House heist. In the late 1800s, where they made off with money from a bank vault, I considered the first female legislator to give birth while in office, who was from New Hampshire. But ultimately, I want to talk about something fundamental to New Hampshire, and it's another New Hampshire first. Because New Hampshire was the first state to adopt its own constitution in 1776. And there's a very interesting fact about that constitution. It did not include the position of governor. That was too close to British colonial rule. So instead there was a council chosen by the House of Representatives and that council had a leader called a president. The state rewrote its constitution in 1784 and only then did it separate the office of president into its own separately elected executive branch and they kept the name president for a while too. So I think this is interesting to reflect on today because of all the controversy over the past year about the governor's powers during the state of emergency and the years before that, his extensive use of the veto pen. So here's the thing, constitutions get amended for good reason. After all, if the US constitution was never amended, I as a woman would not be able to vote. So I also doubt the drafters of New Hampshire's constitution ever contemplated a global pandemic. Although I haven't fact-checked that, so maybe I should avoid speculating. But I think on a much simpler level, it would be hilarious if New Hampshire decided to start calling its governor president again.
1: Yes, I th- I definitely think that would uh, rub some people the wrong way, shall we say. Well, it's
0: so funny because <laughs> the whole thing was the term governor was decided that right. like, oh, that's too like the monarchy, it's no good. We need to have a president. But now can you imagine if just like New Hampshire was the only state. It was like, and yes. now the president, president of New Hampshire. President of New Hampshire. <laughs> it's like the National Governors Association and the president. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, people yeah, like I said, I don't I don't want to take any positions either way, but I can just see people having having a field day with that one. Oh,
1: yes. Oh, yes. Well, All right, that wraps up season one of $100 plus mileage. You can find more information and episodes at citizensaccount.org. Subscribe through your favorite podcast channel or follow us on social media to catch any updates on season two. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing. Shout out to Fiona. Yes, thank you, Fiona. And the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting this podcast. Our theme music is composed by me, Mike Dunbar. And lastly, thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be a part of what makes New Hampshire by the people the people the people.